In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This morning, I'd like to speak with you about the idea of spiritual communion. For many years, the Church has held that there will be, in various times, and for a variety of circumstances, times when we are unable to participate in the sacramental feast of the Eucharist. This inability to participate in the Eucharist, the source and summit of the Christian life, as it's been so often called, is a thing to be sorrowed over. As you've no doubt heard me say before, our Catechism teaches that baptism and Eucharist are two sacraments generally necessary for salvation. In the Eucharist, we participate in Christ's self-offering to the Father. In the Eucharist, we are fed and sustained with the nourishment needed for our life in Christ. In the Eucharist, we recognize who and whose we are. To feed on the true manna come down from heaven for us in the wilderness of this life is no trivial thing. The early church referred to the Eucharist as the unbloody sacrifice. In the Eucharist liturgy, we are brought back to a renewed world. As one theologian put it, the liturgy calls us to do the world the way the world was meant to be done. But it's even more than that. As David Fagerberg said, in its essence, the church is the presence, the actualization in this world of the world to come, in this aeon of the kingdom. And the mode of this presence, of this actualization of the new life, the new aeon, is precisely the liturgia, the liturgy. St. Augustine had this to say in reflecting upon the Eucharist. When first I knew you, you raised me up so that I could see that there was something to be seen, but also that I was not yet able to see it. I gazed on you with eyes too weak to resist the dazzle of your splendor. Your light shone upon me in its brilliance, and I thrilled with love and dread alike. I realized that I was far away from you. It was as though I were in a land where all is different from your own, and I heard your voice calling from on high, saying, I am the food of full-grown men. Grow, and you shall feed on me. But you shall not change me into your own substance as you do with the food of your body. Instead, you will be changed into me. The Eucharist liturgy is the place where the world gets put back to rights. It's the place where the church becomes the Passover from this world to the next, the manifestation of God's kingdom. The Eucharist is the food of full-grown men wherein we are changed into Christ himself. To not partake of this sacrament is a matter of immense gravity. Indeed, in normal circumstances, to willingly absent ourselves from the Eucharist liturgy, wherein God's kingdom is made manifest in the world as the church becomes the passage from this age to the next, to absent ourselves from that willingly should be utterly disturbing to us. What could possibly keep us from this act? What possible excuse could we give for willfully refusing to participate in this wedding feast? The Eucharist is the source and summit of our life in Christ. And yet, we find ourselves in utterly abnormal circumstances. Out of love for our neighbors, we have been asked to forego meeting together to participate in the sacrament of our salvation. What does this mean for us? 
and what should be our response? To begin with, we must not rush past the sorrow of absence. To live in a fallen world is to live in a certain sense at a distance from God. Most of us, for most of our lives, don't experience this distance as a thing of sorrow, so busy are we seeking out a life of pleasure for ourselves. Perhaps now, in the age of social distancing, we will begin to see our distance from God as the loss that it is. Let your hunger for the Eucharist bring you to sorrow, to a recognition that all is not right in the world. But then don't stay there. Allow that sorrow to deepen in you a longing for God. May the absence of true bread bring a hunger pain that gives way to a mouth watering to taste of God's goodness as a deer pants for water. And then, in this exact place of desire, this place where sorrow and hunger and longing all converge, allow the Spirit to reorient your own understanding of the church and your place in it in the midst of absence. Realize that because you have been united with Christ in the waters of baptism, you are now united to his church, and by his Spirit, you can unite yourself to the reality of the Eucharist even as you are absent from it. There is much more that must be said about the nature of the church, the role of her servants, bishops, priests, and deacons, the nature of bodily reality, incarnation, and the sacraments. It is with a heavy heart that I recognize that I will likely have many more weeks to teach on such things. For now, my friends, I ask you to trust that God sees your heart, that he knows your longing, and that he will give generously to you all the benefits of the Eucharist, even in its absence in our lives. Allow your hunger for him to drive you to seek him in prayer, to unite yourself to him in spirit, and to press on toward the fulfillment of all our longing to that glorious day when we behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Amen.